Does Emotion Cloud Judgment? Sharon Hornelstrom here. And I have to thank Alicia R. McLean, a friend of mine on LinkedIn, for suggesting this particular idiom. Emotion or Emotions Cloud Judgment. Now, I, I am going to say absolutely positively they do. And I am saying that resoundingly yes, based on my own personal experiences throughout my life. Uh, this idiom, this expression, dates back to probably the 15th century, the early 15th century, when, and even maybe before, when Descartes and other philosophers were talking about the truth being associated with light, and that um, clouds and the use of cloudy in terms of dimming the light meant dimming the truth, uh, impacting the truth in a way that it was a little foggy or cloudy. And so back to the 15th century, early 15th century, and then in 1729, there's a French version, which I, of course, cannot pronounce, of emotions clouding judgment. Since then, scientific studies have been done. A lot of research has been done into the impact of emotions on our thinking. There's tons of amazing emotionally intelligent quotes that are out there. I think I found an article of 28 emotionally intelligent um, quotes that can help us to be more emotionally intelligent. Uh, a couple of my favorites, of course, are, <clears throat> I'm going to read this one because I can't remember it exactly verbatim. It was said by Frank Outlaw, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Love that one. Another one, your emotions are the slaves to your thoughts and you are the slave to your emotions. This was said by Elizabeth Gilbert. And then the reminder, feelings are something you have, not something that you are. And that comes from Shannon L. Ever. Those are just three of my favorite ones, but there are a lot of examples of emotions impacting our judgment. Think about your personal experiences. When you're angry, are you more likely or less likely to deny someone's request? How about when you're happy? When we're happy, we tend to allow or indulge people. <clears throat> Think about the last time you were playing with a child or your grandchildren or nieces or nephews or your kids and you were super happy. Something great happened in your life or at work. Were you more likely to let them have that treat or say no to that treat? We just automatically do and behave that way. So I got curious about <clears throat> the real impact and the studies on how, exactly how, do our emotions impact our judgment? How do they cloud our judgment? And I found a couple of things. One, nine different ways, and nine different ways that it that our emotions do positively it cause us bias in our reasoning and our, our judgment. You know, the biggest example I think most of us have is sales decisions and sales choices. When we decide to buy something, all of us, as much as we like to think we, we make our decisions based on reasons and facts and sound thinking and uh, calculating and figuring out what's the best option for us. The truth is, <clears throat> all of us, all human beings, we all, me included, absolutely positively make a choice, make a decision emotionally first, and then we justify it and back it up with facts and reason and all the features and cool things about the product or service or, or program that we're buying. We find the reasons to justify why we made the emotional choice to do it. We always make our decisions with our, our, our gut or our heart, our instinct and our heart and our feelings first, and then justify those actions after the fact, whether, you know, when we take actions, we justify them after the fact. And then I want to talk about six ways judgment clouds 
uh, or emotions cloud our judgment. Maybe we'll talk about that. Let's talk about how it does it, and then let's talk about the six ways that it does. And you can ask yourself and do a little inventory and see how impacted are you by these different biases, because they are biases. Emotions are our, our own personal bias and we all have them based on the experiences that we've had in our life the the emotional physical mental all the different challenges and experiences we've had in our life color and impact our, our choices going forward our decisions whether we will or will not do something whether we will or will not start our business whether we will or will not hire a person we can see that they have the perfect resume but if we get an off feeling from them like maybe something just isn't right or they're not going to fit into the culture of our organization we're going to make a decision not to hire them even though on paper they look like a great a great fit i did that with a partner i went against my gut instinct <clears throat> and my intuition and ended up getting myself into a terrible situation with somebody that looked good on paper i thought i knew only to find out that they were totally different than the person that i thought they were so <clears throat> what are some of the ways that emotions cloud our judgment? Again, the magnifying glass, because I did this in red ink, and I can't read normal colored ink, much less red ink. So number one, narrow mindset, things like tunnel vision. Our emotions will cause us to only see what we want to see. Has any of that been going on in the world lately? Perhaps. Perhaps the media has something to do with that. Number two, jumping to conclusions. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody, and before you even were done sharing what you thought about something, they were jumping all over you because they had already figured out what they thought they knew you were gonna say. Number three, attention bias. We will only pay attention to the things that match our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs and emotions about something. Number four, mood congruent memory, meaning we will actually, <clears throat> we humans are amazing, our minds are amazing. We will only remember things that are congruent with our memory when we're in certain moods. Number five, emotional contagion. Have you ever been <clears throat> in a situation where one person was panicking and then pretty soon half the room was panicking and then almost the whole room was panicking? <clears throat> Excuse me, been in those rooms. Not fun, but it can go the other way too. One person can actually calm down an entire group of people. So moods are catchy. Um, background moods come from emotional triggers. Have you ever smelled a smell or had found yourself in a situation and you were immediately triggered to some type of emotion, either angry or scared or confident, or they can go both ways, positive and negative triggers. Uh, number eight, time perception. Our emotions absolutely positively impact our ability to perceive how fast or how slow time goes. Uh, I, I learned this one early on in my working days. I remember discovering that if I watched the clock and paid attention to what time it was, the workday dragged on forever. And, you know, a, a one hour remaining felt like six. But if I was doing something I love and having fun and engaged and, and popping along and working fast, time flew by. Or if I was doing something I love, time flew by. So our time perception is impacted by our emotions, which means our judgment is impact, our reason, our ability to reason and and figure things out is impacted by our emotions. And finally, projection bias. We will project our beliefs, thoughts, feelings, emotions onto other people. So if we're angry and upset about something or triggered about something, we will assume other people are as well, even though they may totally not be. A great example for that for me is traffic. How we react in traffic is 100% about us, not about what anyone else is doing. 
So what are six ways emotions can cloud your judgment? This was actually from a Fast Company article in 2015, and it's from the book by Amy Morin, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Good book. Uh, number one, we incorrectly judge how much control we have over a situation. Uh, when we think we have more control, we tend to take more risks. Now, it's control we think we have, not necessarily control we have. So for example, if you're driving along on the road and it's raining out, you're driving, therefore you think you have more control in the situation than the person that's the passenger in the car. That, that may or may not be true at all, but we believe that to be true. Number two, we overcompensate with safeguard when safeguards are in place. So if you have safeguards or, or, or safety protocols or systems and procedures and processes in place in your business, you will tend to be more reckless and take more risks than if you didn't have them in place. Uh, I think we see that in, in our behavior all the time, physically as well as within our organizations. Um, if we think we have overdraft protection, we don't pay attention to the balance in our checking accounts and we may or may not become overdrawn because we're not paying attention to it because we have that safeguard in place. So we're more likely to be overdrawn when we have that safeguard in place than if we don't have overdraft protection. Number three, we don't recognize the difference between skills and chance. I thought this one was really interesting because I'd never really thought about it before. But when our emotions are involved, we think we have skills in areas that we might not, or we overestimate our skills in certain areas. And they did, scientists did a study on this in Las Vegas. And when people were throwing dice, if they needed a high number, they would throw the dice harder. And if they needed a low number, they would throw the dice really gently and softly. Thinking that the skill and how they threw the dice had anything to do with the chance um, of, of rolling a certain, a high or a low number when they're absolutely positively not related at all. I thought that was a really interesting one. Number four, we become easily deluded when we see a potentially large payoff, even if the odds are stacked against us. So when the lot, this explains why people buy lottery tickets when the lottery gets to be, you know, $100 million, $400 million or whatever, that's triggers people to buy a lottery ticket. Their chances of winning that lottery are no better than when it's, a, I don't know if you know what the lottery is, he says a million dollars, than when it's $400 million. But they will become easily deluded into thinking, oh, there's this huge payoff. I, I, I have just as much chance as anyone else of winning, so I'm gonna buy a lottery ticket when it's big, when it's over a hundred million or whatever. I think that's an interesting example of that. Number five, we grow comfortable with familiarity. So the more often we take a certain type of risk, the more familiar we are with it and it feels less risky, but it's actually more risky and the more likely we are to have a problem. For example, our emotions will help us override that. If you speed all the time, I might have some experience with this. If you speed all the time, drive over the speed limit, <clears throat> you just get into the habit of it. Now, you get confident, maybe even cocky and think, that you get to drive that, get to drive over the speed limit all the time. Somehow, you know, you think you're above the law and you get to drive over the speed limit all the time. Well, the more you do it, the more comfortable you are with it, the more in the habit you get of doing it, the more you actually do it, and the more likely you are to get a speeding ticket and get caught than if you were following the speed limit all the time. So that's just a quick example I could think of a familiarity breeds um, 
with emotions and doing something reduces our ability to, to really think about what's the risk of the behavior that we're doing. And finally, number six, <clears throat> we place a lot of faith in other people's ability to perceive risk accurately when the truth is they aren't every, any better at perceiving risk than we probably are. And if our if we're uh, if we have positive emotions and trust and faith in a person, we will attribute them to being better at figuring out risk than maybe we are or other people are. And there's no correlation between those things. So thank you, Alicia, for bringing this uh, expression, this idiom up, emotions cloud judgment. I think it has a lot of applications to our businesses. We need to make sure we're putting systems and protocols in place, but then reviewing those systems to make sure that we're not getting complacent. And because we're comfortable and familiar with those systems, we take higher risks or we don't consider the risks. I've, I've seen that happen in corporate America, uh, not in my own business, but says, but in corporate America where uh, we'd have safety protocols and safety systems in place and people would just assume that they'd always be okay. But you can never consider every possibility or outcome when you're creating and automating systems and processes and procedures. So things are still gonna get through. That's why we always have, or I always have, a continuous improvement aspect of any process or procedure that we do to make sure that as we figure out and learn more and as things change, because the world's always changing, that we're taking into consideration those changes, the impact they're going to have on the people that we serve. So I'd love to know your thoughts, feelings, and experience with this particular human expression, especially your feelings and thoughts on this since emotions cloud judgment. And even though I think I'm a nerdy engineer, rational, super uh, scientific decision maker, I absolutely positively know that I am no more scientific than other human beings. Well, maybe some, but not for the most part as humans, our emotions absolutely positively do have an impact and a very important part in our judgment. Why I showed this at the beginning, sisters are joined heart to heart. My sister got me this when we were traveling over the last uh, three weeks. And it's true, my sisters, I have lots of them, can get away with a whole lot more than I would let other people get away with, with respect to how they treat me, things they say to me, what they do, uh, how they judge me. I cut them a whole lot more slack because they're my sisters and I love them and I will always love them no matter what than if a stranger were to say some of the same things that they say to me, right? So that's it. Have an awesome day. Share in the comments below your experience with this particular expression, this idiom, and I will be with you tomorrow with another interesting idiom. What does it mean? Where does it come from? And how might you use it in your life and your business right now?